Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many of us need rest for our souls? And Jesus said, for my yoke is easy. I'm going to say it again. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. That's a quote from Ronald Reagan. If freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like a sheep to the slaughter. George Washington. For to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. Nelson 
Mandela. We look forward to a world that's founded upon four essential human freedoms. The first is the freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. The second is freedom of every person to worship God in his own way everywhere in the world. The third is freedom from want, which translates into world terms, means economic understandings, which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants, everyone in the world. And the fourth freedom leak is freedom from fear, which translated into world terms means a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a, pos a position to commit and act physical aggression against any other neighbor, Franklin Roosevelt. Some birds are not meant to be caged, that's all. Their feathers are too bright. Their songs are too sweet, Brother Rod. And they are wild, so you let them go. And when you open the cage to feed them, they somehow fly out past you. And the part of you that knows it was wrong to imprison them in the first place rejoices. But still, the place where you live is that much more drab and empty for their departure. Stephen King, it's from the movie Shawshank Redemption, one of my favorites. Bob Marley said it's better to die fighting for freedom than be a prisoner all the days of your life. A friend, hear me church, is someone who gives you total freedom to be yourself. I'll say it again, a friend is someone who gives you total freedom to be yourself. Freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Rosa Parks said, I'd like to be remembered as a person who wanted to be free and wanted other people to also be free. I have discovered my own definition of freedom, and I said that freedom is an inner feeling or experience grounded in the liberation of your soul. You know that you are free when you can be who God has called you to be. You know that you are free when you will not be held to limits because of your skin color. You know you are free when you can be who you are 100% of the time. During one of my COVID breaks, mental health breaks, I watched the documentary of Nina Simone. I didn't know anything about her, so I thought this would be interesting for me to learn something I did not know. She was one of the most extraordinary artists of the 20th century and an icon in music. She was the consummate musical storyteller. She would come to learn who used her remarkable talent to create a legacy of liberation, empowerment, passion, and love through a magnificent body of works. What I did not know is that she was born in Tryon, North Carolina. And I did not know that her given name was Eunice Kathleen Wayman. And I thought that was pretty interesting how little I really know. I realized I didn't know anything about her at all. 
she was a talented musician and it was evident when she started playing piano by ear at the age of three. Her mother was a Methodist minister. Her father was a handyman and he preached himself. She couldn't ignore, they couldn't ignore young Eunice's God-given talent of music. She was raised in the church minister Benita on the straight and narrow path. Her parents taught her right from wrong. She could carry herself with dignity and to work hard. She played piano, but she didn't sing. And in her mother's church, displaying remarkable talent early in her life. Her story goes on to say that after graduating valedictorian of a high school class, that the community raised money for a scholarship for Eunice to study at Juilliard in New York City before applying to the prestigious Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. Her family had already moved to the city of brotherly love, but Eunice's hopes were for a career, a pioneer, and her strong desire was to be the first African-American classical pianist. And her history tells us that at the end of her life, she herself would claim that racism was the reason she did not attend the school she wanted to attend. While her original dream was unfulfilled, Eunice ended up with an incredible worldwide career as Nina Simone. In other words, her freedom to be who she was was shackled by racism. And what does freedom really mean according to the Bible? The freedom of the Gospels is a freedom from internal prisons, not external ones. John, in, the, in John, Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The word freedom is an abundant, if not more so, in modern Christian culture as faith and forgiveness. The word begins to mind us of rugged individualism, but we should be hesitant to confuse the Gospels message of freedom with our reluctance to embrace public transportation and other things. What the gospel is saying to us is there is a freedom given to us in Christ Jesus. And once we embrace our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we will find ourselves free. And as long as we are functioning on our own, we will never have the freedom or experience the freedom that God has for us. You never really know, Jeremiah said, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? He's saying here, most of the time we deceive ourselves. And those who seek power tell themselves they're seeking it for the, all the good reasons. Those who seek money seek themselves as wise. Those who seek pleasure seek themselves as peacemakers. And what I'm saying here is that we need to see ourselves as Jesus sees us and not as the world sees us. Jesus said that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The freedom Jesus and the apostles are talking about is freedom of the mind and freedom of the heart. As we sit here in this sanctuary, are we free? Are you experiencing the freedom that God has truly given us? The point is that the world enslaves us with desires for wealth, success, and status. And these desires mean we wake up every day unhappy, jealous, stressed out, and constantly comparing ourselves to others. 
Our decisions, therefore, are driven by outside influences instead of our own thoughts and values. You ever find yourself saying, I want to be like the Joneses? You ever find yourself saying, I want to be like the cronies? You ever find yourself saying, I just want to be like the Leak family? You ever find yourself asking, God, why can't I have what, what Vincent has? God, why don't you give me more of the things that I need? I don't need to tell you the answer you already know, because if God gives you everything you really want, you certainly would not be here. And what we have to be honest about is that God needs to temper us and give us what he wants us to have when he wants us to have it. Otherwise, God knows what we would do. If you had money, you wouldn't be in here. If you had great wealth, you wouldn't be sitting over here playing the drums, would you, Alex? If you had great wealth, James Barbie, wouldn't you be somewhere else in the world? But you see, because God knows us, God can food, feed, spoon us. God can give us a little bit at a time. If Kelly found a wagon of money in her house that she could have all by herself, why would she be on the praise team on Sunday morning when she could be cruising around south of France and entertaining herself? Freedom is a sign of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit is, the Lord is there. So I'm here to tell you today, no spirit, no freedom. Where there is no spirit, there is no freedom. And I don't care how good the world makes it look. In Western culture, the idea of freedom is often to have true freedom because it idealizes separation and competition. But the freedom that Christ came to bring humanity is one where diversity and cooperation thrive and we learn to live at one. There are fine times, though, when I find myself in the shackles of life. I find myself asking, why, oh God? And as I looked upon the word shackle, I found out that there are several types of shackles. There are eight exactly, but I knew you didn't want me to describe all of them. So I'll just name them, the bow shackle, the 2D, the 3H, the 4PIN, the 5SNAP, the 6-threaded, the seven twists, and the soft shackle. And I decided to add a shackle of my own. And I called it the shackle of life. Some people would define COVID-19 as a shackle. It has changed everything. We are in a church where we love to hug and kiss and hold each other close. And now we have to look at each other from afar. And then we just kind of tweak elbows. It's just breaks my heart every time I have to do it. But COVID said, you ought to shackle yourself now or you will die. So we have to understand that life has shackles. And what I have discovered is that the burden of the virus has put some of our people in such a place that they have been shackled for so long, they don't know what to do with themselves. I have discovered once we realize that we are in shackles, we know how to pray for our freedom. Did you sometimes feel that life happens too fast and you're always in a hurry? Do you feel that you're just moving so fast you don't have time to say hi, you don't have time to eat or even chew your food properly? 
Do you feel exhausted? Have you lost your sense of excitement about living every day? Do you find yourself worrying or fearful? Do you feel you are carrying a heavy load and you feel like you can't take it anymore? Have you ever been in Zoom overload? Have you ever just said at the end of the day, I'm just Zoomed out in the name of you? You might as well say amen. You ever get to the point you go, I cannot talk about this anymore? You ever get to the point you say, I'm tired of being Zoomed, I gotta comb my hair, I gotta look interested, I gotta answer questions. I, I, it's just too much, it's just too much. Have you ever had a time you looked at yourself and you thought, oh, I got a headband on, and now I gotta go take my headband off and I just gotta be in the moment. I am Zoomed out, Lord! call Reverend Paul and I say, Reverend Paul, I've been talking to the Lord about the Zoom thing. And I said, we need to put a limit on Zoom meetings. You can't do it in 55 minutes, we don't want you to do it. If you can't do it in 55 minutes, don't be calling us all night and all day. I have learned that my people don't pray anymore because they say they dooms out and too tired to pray. So we got to get a handle on Zoom because Zoom has become a shackle around us. And at the end of the day, we are fussing at God instead of thanking God that we have a connection to be on. You ought to say amen. I know how you feel. You got to say amen. I see how you look. You ought to say amen. She could stop this if she would. We got to be aware of the stresses of life. There are physical signs of stress, sleep disturbance, digestive upsets, agitated behavior. As I list these, you will name several people you know who fit these categories. General restlessness, muscle tension, chest pains, dizziness, hyperventilating, nervousness, high blood pressure, lack of energy, fatigue. There are cognitive signs of stress. These are shackles, mental slowness, confusion, negative thoughts or attitudes, your mind races. You probably need to consult with Samantha if you need some help with some of these since she's a health professional. Forgetfulness, difficulty thing. Ever been in a Zoom meeting with somebody that's just totally irrational? You're going, what are they talking about? Irritation, no sense of humor. Have you ever heard a good joke and you're just too stressed out to laugh? Oh, man, feeling overworked. There are behavioral signs of stress. Decreased contact with family and friends work relations, sense of loneliness, avoiding others and avoiding yourself because you're cranky all the time, failing to set aside times for relaxation. We need to learn how to rest. I love that ad on television, what is it, 20 seconds, that it just gives you time to breathe softly and gently. We need to learn how to experience the rest that the Lord provides. It's a great loss for us to be in relationship with Jesus Christ and to look like the world. In the Old Testament, Yahweh, the creator of the universe, rested from the act of creating on the seventh day. And my God, if God rested, what about you? God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work of creation that he had done. Even Jesus in the New Testament and in the Gospel shows us that rest is important for the soul. When Jesus was fed up with the disciples, couldn't take the grumbling anymore, 
Jesus went to the back of the boat and he went to the mountainside and he communed with his father. When is the last time you actually had rest? When is the last time that you took a real Sabbath? And when is the last time that you decided, yeah, I'm going to worship, but I'm also going to spend the remainder of my day with the Lord? In this particular passage of scripture, Jesus offers an invitation. And I don't know about you, but I get so many invitations that I can't even I don't know about you, but I get so many invitations that I have to say, Lord, help me. I don't want to be disobedient or dishonest, but I can't do all of these things. But Jesus gives us an invitation that we ought to open. What I have discovered is many of us open invitations to experience life in the secular world, but we miss the invitation of a lifetime. Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, can I get a witness? And I will give you rest. Jesus didn't say go to the therapist and the therapist will give you rest. Now you go if you have to, but Jesus can give you the same level of satisfaction because Jesus can show you where the stress in your life is. And Jesus makes a plea to those who are burdened by the law. He makes a plea to those who have been weighed down with the shackles of life. Christ is also speaking to us today. We say we understand God's grace, yet often, if he loves us, we're constantly in our wrongdoing as we fear we're no good. Accept the fact that Jesus loves you. Accept the fact that your body needs rest. And Jesus invites us to come to him to experience rest that comes from him. You can get over the counter some sleep aids. You might sleep for three or four hours when you wake up. But this rest that I'm talking about restores your soul, invigorates your spirit. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If you want to rest, read God's word. Jesus stood and cried out saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me, and I will give him rest. Jesus said in John 14, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Don't be troubled that the world doesn't love you. Don't be troubled that the world does not embrace you. Are you looking for rest? Is there a place down deep in your soul that is searching for rest? And Jesus invites us again. He says, not only do I want you to come to me, but I want you to walk with me. Leek said, he knows my name. Well, if he knows your name, he will walk with you and talk with you and cry with you. And he will lift you up as no one else can. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My, my, my. A yoke is a type of harness that connects a pair of oxen. It is used metaphorically to refer to submission to a teacher. And in the New Testament times, the phrase to take the yoke was used by rabbis to refer to becoming a student of a teacher. 
The word yoke has two dominant figurative ideas. It's Acts 15, where Paul says, spell out the yokes of following rules and religion to be accepted by God. Sometimes we are so religious that our beliefs become yokes around the person's neck instead of the freedom they have in Jesus Christ. Jesus commands that we take up his yoke to find rest for our souls. When is the last time you took a good look at yourself in the mirror? When is the last time you said, Jesus, I need rest for my soul? Jesus was trying to get us to see that the invitation will always stand. He said, learn of me. Learn of my gentleness. Learn of my love. Learn of my compassion. His third invitation is said, it's open-ended. The yoke is a place of learning, and we are invited to learn from him. The problem that many of us face today is that we know so little about the Lord. His desire is that we have full knowledge of who he is, and that we would recognize him in a crowd. In the yoke, we learn from Christ and how to be patient in suffering, to love intensely, and to rejoice exceedingly. You can gain a life of rest when you give the rest of your life to God. One day a man went by to see a farmer who was plowing his field with a team of oxen. And the man noticed that one of the animals was seemingly a little bigger than the other. So he asked Grandpa James about it. The response from the farmer was very interesting. He said that the big animal was an older animal, and one was a young animal that was new to the yoke. And the man went on to inquire as to why he put them together. And he said, here's my answer. You see, it's like this. The older ox is the best ox that I have ever had. He knows his way around the field. And the reason I put the younger one with him is so the older one would be more knowledgeable. And he could teach the young one how to fly. If I put them together, the younger one would never learn by himself. The younger ox would fool himself to death. Jesus wants to carry our load. In closing, we need to come to Jesus. We need to walk with Jesus. We need to learn from Jesus. At the end of the documentary, Nina Simone, there was a song. She said, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I wish I could break all the chains holding me. I wish I could say all the things that I would say. Say them loud and say them clear. For the whole round world to hear, I wish I could share all the love that's in my heart, remove all the bars that keep us apart. I wish you could know what it means to be me, then you could see and agree that every man should be free. I wish I could give all I'm longing to give. I wish I could live like I'm longing to live. I wish I could do all the things that I can do. And though I'm way overdue, I'd be starting anew. Well, I wish I could be like a bird in the sky. How sweet it would be 
if I could fly. Christ came to come home. Oh, I soar to the sun. I look down at the sea. And I sing because I know, yeah, because I, I know how it feels to be free. Oh, I know how it feels to be free. Yes, I do. How it feels. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for letting me be free. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.com.